Samantha. And you're listening to Reaper Tales. And today, we're so psyched to tell you guys it's going to be a joint episode about local psychics. But before we get started, Samantha, what are we drinking? We are drinking an interesting drink that you found (laughs) called the Psychic Anchor. And it is one and a half ounces tequila, my favorite. Two ounces of grapefruit juice, a fourth ounce of lemon juice, three and a half ounces of tomato juice, and six dashes of hot sauce, or, you know, just until the drink gods tell you that that's enough, um, and some soda water to fill up the rest of the glass. I didn't put soda water in ours. Thank goodness. I don't (laughs) need all that. Um, If if you feel inclined to do so, go for it. It's not required. Fill the tall glass with ice, pour in the tequila, all the citrus juices, and the tomato juice, season with hot sauce. You can hit it more or less, just depending on your tasting. And voila. Yeah, you can top it with pepper, too. That's what I did with ours. Yeah, you did. It looks looks quite interesting. So, So, uh, cheers. Cheers. I haven't tried it yet. Neither one of us have. Ice. Ugh. That's interesting. (laughs) It's interesting. It's kind of like a Bloody Mary, but not. Yeah. Yeah, sort of. I feel like it would be better with V8 rather than the tomato juice. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Um, That's interesting. All right. I'm going to be able to see the future after drinking that. So uh, I'm not going to be able to see shit after drinking this. <laughs> That's what I can tell you. The margaritas were better. Yeah, 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 they were. They were. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Samantha, you're going to kick us off, I think. I am. Um, and just to let you guys know, we're actually in the same location yet again. But it already sounds better than it did the last time we did this. <laughs> so, hopefully that's a good sign. Um, I am starting off with the Seer of Millerville. And her name was Rena Teal. Rena Teal was born Irene Van Sant on April 8th, 1894. And she was born with a call or a veil over her head. What does this, that mean? This is basically when a baby is born and the amniotic sac is still intact. Oh. It didn't have it doesn't happen often. And it's actually they worried that it would negatively impact the baby's health but actually in reality it actually is positive because it prevents them from catching infections as they're being born because it keeps them safe but so it doesn't pose a threat to the baby's health but in the past it bred superstitions about the baby having a sixth sense or a second sight ability to tell the future are often associated with witchcraft So this is basically when a baby is born with her am- amniotic sac intact. It doesn't pose a threat. Um, but people in the past obviously were like, oh, no, this is different. So they assumed it meant that she had a sixth sense or a second sight, ability to tell the future, and was often associated with witchcraft. This is not the first time I've heard about this. 
about this a baby being born with this or a woman being accused of witchcraft <laughs> well i mean both but the first time it's not the first time i've heard of a baby being born with this and them saying that it like was something special like it either gave them like special powers or something i, I can't remember where i heard it from but this is not the first time i'm hearing about this it was a pretty common belief i think back in the day that that's what that meant so not surprising rena was a healthy baby girl and her parents had only started to breathe easier when she began to exhibit some talents the easiest and safest being that she was able to locate missing objects she could often tell people the location of missing objects as well as sometimes missing people there is a story that occurred in February of 1949, and it's a well-known story, about Ricky Tankersley, a two-year-old that had followed his father's hunting dogs into the woods and got lost. His father, a man named L.C. Tankersley, went to Rena and begged her to help him find his son. She provided directions to the boy, but when Elsie looked, he didn't find Ricky. So he returned, saying, she must have been wrong. She informed him that he had not gone far enough and that Ricky was still there if he went to go look for him. Ain't that just like a man, by the way? It wasn't yeah. where you said it was. Look to the left. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I swear to God, it's every single time <laughs> my husband is looking for something. I'm like, this is like, I can't remember where I put shit. Right. <laughs> but I know where he put something. I'm like, it's, it's here. He's like, no, it's not. I'm like, I literally was right there and it was there. So... If I go over there and I see it, I'm going to punch you in the penis. <laughs> I don't ever punch him in the penis. I'm not a violent person. Fair enough. <laughs> that makes me feel better. <laughs> um, that sounds because it sounds like a very uh, high stakes situation. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. Yet again, sure enough, he went back and went just a little bit further and heard the dogs barking. And just a couple of hundred yards further still, he found Ricky lying on the ground. The dogs had laid on top of him, keeping him warm and more than likely saving his life. Because remember, this was February in Alabama, which is pretty much our coldest month of the year, typically. Yeah. So, yeah, just maybe don't give up right away. Go a little bit further. My, meanwhile, the dogs are like, dude, could you go get this kid? We would like to go somewhere else. Yeah. We, too, are cold. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that was one of the most well-known stories. She also provide, provided her finding services throughout her life to law enforcement if Erie, Alabama, which is one of the books that I'll reference in the show notes, can be believed. She aided them in locating missing children as well as finding bodies of people that had drowned. One story in particular John M. Williams' cousin told him about, and I think John M. Williams had written an article at some point because he's referenced more than once in both of the books that I used. And I actually only have two references on this because it's pretty hard to find information. Um, but his cousin told him about a boy who had disappeared while fishing. Rena told the search party that the boy had drowned and his corpse could be found in a specific location. And when they looked, she was correct. They found his body. At this point, I also wanted to mention that Rena's parents were James and Mary Smith Van Sant. They were both uneducated, and due to circumstances out of her control, Rena actually had to drop out of school at age 14. 
This was hardly an uncommon situation at the time, especially lived if, especially if you lived in a small town. And I feel like this, in addition to her abilities, would have made her grow up really fast. So I don't know how much of a real childhood she had. Um, the next story will also help explain what led me to the belief that she grew up really fast. And I feel like people that we hear about that have these types of abilities, they tend to be referenced as like old for their age. Uh, that's that's called having like childhood trauma. 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 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, you're getting it really young if you're being able to see the future and see people's deaths and, and dead people. And yeah. She was also able to tell people's futures sometimes. As early as age 12, when she tearfully went to her mother and told her that her brother George was going to die. Her mother dismissed the prediction because the infant seemed perfectly healthy. I mean, think about it. Moms are like, yeah, we're all going to die. I understand you're just kind of figuring out what death is about. He's okay. He's healthy. So she kind of dismissed it. However, after three days of trying to explain to her that her brother was going to die three to four days later george actually did die which convinced her parents that rena did actually have a sixth sense and it also made her parents very protective and so they tried to downplay her abilities for fear that rena would be ostracized by the community but that obviously didn't really work either uh no during her teenage years, Rena herself attempted to hide her gift to avoid attention, but she gradually grew to be more and more confident in her abilities and wanted to help people because she believed her abilities were a gift from God and she was meant to help people. So she was, and, and a lot of the stuff I saw, she was more fearful of people deeming it like from the devil rather than the way she believed it. It was from God and it was to help. It wasn't something evil in her eyes. It's so surprising to me how many like... So in, in my research, you'll see when we get to it, it's based in, you know, religion and God, and it's not mm -hmm. based in like witchcraft or it's just, it's, it's odd to me that how many, how many of them are like, oh, this is like the power of God or what have you. And meanwhile, literally women were being burned at the stake because they could read like, <laughs> This seems... Depends on who you're helping, maybe. Yeah, this seems off. Seems odd. And I think it depends on how you you really view it, right? I mean, it, that's kind of any situation that's outside the quote-unquote norm. It can always be seen as either coming from a place of evil or coming from a place of good. Depends on how you use the power, quote-unquote. So I think that's part of it, too. Well, I she mean, seemed to only be helping people. If I had powers, I would only be using it for evil. Obviously. So. No, nobody doubts that. <laughs> <laughs> she married Benjamin Riley Teal at the age of 18 on October 6, 1916. Remember, 1916. 18 was prime time to get married. Well, By 21, I mean, you were a spinster and we're never going to get married. <laughs> I was about to say, she was almost spinster age. Yeah, she was getting close. <laughs> Well, and she'd been out of school by 14, so you know she'd been helping out around the house and doing stuff. Soon after they got married, they gave birth to a baby boy named James. Sometime in October of 1914, Benjamin woke up to find Rena in tears, stating she had just had a dream that she had visited her parents, and when they asked to see her baby boy, she responded that she had no baby. 
She was so afraid that just like with her baby brother, James would soon die. Unfortunately, just as before, while James seemed perfectly healthy, only nine days later he died. Is this is this because she's psychic or is she killing babies? <laughs> I knew when I wrote that line that you were going to ask that question. <laughs> well, I mean, knowing you. No. Hey, don't put that on me. No, they were very devastated, um, but eventually they were able to have two healthy children with no issues, and they named them Marvin Pruitt and Dolly Irene, so a boy and a girl, both named after their family. Okay. They, so, no. I mean, I guess in theory she could have made these predictions and then killed the babies, but I don't think that was what was going on. Some people just have a sixth sense. Have faith. I mean... They moved... They moved to Millerville in 1917, and that's where they lived for the rest of her life. Thus, how she got the title of the Seer of Millerville. Her reputation grew very quickly, despite the fact that her usual customers at first were those from the, quote, edges of society, end quote, like bootleggers and convicts. She didn't advertise her gift because she didn't want to bring people in, so the primary way news got around was word of mouth and gossip works wonders because uh it would seem that she soon became extremely popular and even the highest members of society quote unquote were coming to see her quickly people from out of town were traveling miles and miles to come see her and hear what she had to say about their life because she became so busy and overwhelmed so quickly she started setting appointments and somebody must have said hey dude you could make money on this if you so chose to do and she finally decided to start charging usually 10 to 15 cents per reading according to the legends and lore of birmingham book that i read so 10 to 15 cents per that was probably pretty dang good in the 1920s yeah so she was making decent money okay good on her as per usual, a very concerned or caring citizen, depending on how you look at it, brought this to the attention of the city township. Was and it they a white dude? I didn't say who it was. Somebody, I'm sure it was anonymous. Um, so they came to her home and were criticizing her for not having a business license. She simply responded, oh, I didn't know I need one of those. Uh, what do I need to do? immediately went down got a business license and kept said business license for the rest of her life oh okay well smart lady all right fine you want me to get a business license sure i'll get a business license you can get that little bit of money from me every year so i'm not gonna lie though i i get the point on both sides if you're running a business you do need to have a business license it's part of regulations there's a reason why it's there However, I also understand her point. I wouldn't have thought of what she was doing as a business. I know she's charging for it, but I wouldn't simply think of it as a business if it were me. Like, I give advice to people all the time free of charge. I, maybe I should start charging for it and charge double if they don't listen to it. And what I say is going to happen happens. Just saying. But I wouldn't think of doing that needing a business license. So, I didn't especially you- back in the 1920s, I wouldn't. She probably, it just never occurred to her. I didn't know you needed to get a business license for that. For being a, a psychic? Yeah. If you charge, if you charge for your services, you're technically a business and should have a business license. 
<laughs> I was just like I was looking at him because I knew he was he was about to boof. It's not like a full on wolf. It's just a. <laughs> Sometimes it can escalate. <laughs> I was ready to like yell at him, and then I was thinking if I if I like mute my mic and I yell, they're just gonna be able to hear it through your mic. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Because we didn't, we didn't put you in the basement like I No, no, I'm not in the basement. I'm just in a different room. They didn't even put me in the closet. Thank oh, goodness. No. Okay, so there was a story from Erie, Alabama, that originated in Salem, which is where the Teals lived before moving to Millersville. Rena warned her neighbor one day that his son would murder his cousin. What? <laughs> Hey, dude, um, it's really been bothering me. Your son's about to kill his cousin, so maybe do something about that. How do you even broach that topic with somebody? I don't even want to talk to my neighbors. I now live in an area, we've talked about this off camera, but I now live in an area where I actually have neighbors that are close by and I could easily talk to. I have a hard time talking to them, just saying hi as they're passing by walking their dog. How do you go to your neighbor and go like, hey, dude, uh, I hate being the one to tell you, but your son could possibly kill somebody. Uh, I had a vision. Yes. Wait. So, uh, no worries. You don't have to listen to me, but, you know, I will say I told you so later if it happens. You know how, like, a lot of people come to my house all the time and I, like, tell them that stuff is going to happen? Well, boy, do I have story for you (laughs) (laughs) and i'm sorry ahead of time (laughs) i i i okay so at the time the neighbor had been renting a house to that cousin rena's warning worried the neighbor enough that he sent his son away to florida to prevent rena's prediction from coming true wow so let's take a tea from this because i got two points two hot takes I like how, first of all, he sent his son away and not the cousin. What a novel idea. Let's remove the possible attacker from the victim. Uh, it sounds Just like in the, in the 1800s, they were well. Well, early 1900s at this point. Well, I, well, okay. Um, they were well before their times. And somehow <laughs> we lost track of how we to went, do these things. We went backwards, i.e. forwards, i.e. backwards. I don't know. But the second take is he also sent away a possible murderer to just a different location. Uh, Hopefully he didn't kill anybody there. But then I also am like, I go back and forth because I read this and I was, I had a lot of thoughts about this. But also maybe he just like really had something against this cousin and he was going to piss him off to that final breaking point and he was going to kill him in like a passion type thing. And so anybody else wouldn't possibly cause him to do that but then the other question is if you're capable of murdering a person because they pissed you off that much could another person also set you off at that point so there's a lot of questions i don't know unless they had a lot of animosity towards that one cousin i mean like yeah i don't know like what was his cousin doing i don't stabbing him in his sleep i don't really know (laughs) like not not with like 
you know, a fatal weapon, but like little needles, like you just wait for him to go to sleep and he'd just be like, bitch. Where do you come up with this stuff? We've been watching Cabinet of Curiosities and that was not in any of the episodes yet. So this is out of your own head. Not yet. You know what? I should be a writer for Cabinet of Curiosities. Don't, like, I would fucking excel Don't do that. that. You can't read your own stuff that you write. I don't think that's going to help them at all. I mean, I would have an editor, obviously. Uh, <laughs> Me. <laughs> <laughs> you. But I can come up with some weird shit just off the top of my head. Uh, I should you really definitely take, can. I should take a, um, what are those? Uh, um, Creative writing course? No, no, no. We're, that's stand-up people will take. Um, improv? I should do an improv class. Sure. I you will totally go to that and I will drink heavily but yeah absolutely let's do it I should, I should definitely do that meanwhile i was the idiot in the crowd uh several years ago when we went to a comedy club we had we went to like a um you were the only one laughing the only <laughs> one in the entire crowd it was the most beautiful and this guy didn't even seem to care stand up i'd ever seen happy to be there sort of happy to be there i don't know that he was actually happy he didn't seem very happy but anyways so, yeah, I was told- below, so it was fine we went to this comedy club here in Charlotte and like it was at certain comedy clubs. Like when you go, it's like graduating classes of like, they'll do like stand up classes and courses and stuff like that. And that's what this group was. And, uh, there's this one guy that came out and he had, um, he had just a, a pillow <laughs> in his arms. from his couch or was I, it a regular pillow? Well, it looked like, it looked like a pillow from the nineties. Like, if I remember correctly, you know, uh, there's some telling. Yeah. So he walks. He, just shuffles, he doesn't walk even. He shuffles. Yeah. He, the, he shuffled like, out. He's, he's uncomfortable to be here. It's very apparent. And he just like one after the other, just banger after banger cheese puns. It was just <laughs> solid cheese puns. And I was laughing so hard. I was the only one. The and everybody at our table would turn and look at her. Everybody was staring. I was laughing so hard. I was crying. It was the most beautiful set I've ever seen in my well, entire I was, life. I was laughing. I don't know that I was crying, but I was definitely laughing. But I was more laughing at your response to his jokes <laughs> than his actual jokes. <laughs> it was so Gouda. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm taking your mic off now. I don't have that capability, unfortunately. So you guys are stuck with her. Anyway, going on to the next story. Uh, one of the most notable stories is when Rena was in Talladega. She was walking and saw a hangman scaffold and immediately knew that the man that they were preparing to hang was innocent. The case in question involved a rape. And in this case, the victim actually identified and swore that the man to be hanged was guilty. Rena told her friend that the man was innocent. She didn't have any idea why. She didn't know anything about the case. She just knew he was innocent. And that within two years, the actual perpetrator would confess. Her friend convinced her not to step in, though I have no doubt it took a lot of convincing and Rena probably regretted it to the day she died because the man was eventually hanged. And right around two years later, the uncle of the the wrongly convicted man that was hanged confessed to the crime on his deathbed. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is why corporal punishment is... (laughs) Not cool. Yeah. If you get it right, great. But if you don't, you just killed an innocent person. And that makes you just as bad as the person who committed a different crime. Mm -hmm. Anyway, 
There were two very interesting firsthand accounts from the Legends and Lore book in the show notes um, that I wanted to read just directly quote because they were the only firsthand accounts because this was so far back. Um, so, oh, here's the article. John Williams, the one I mentioned earlier that his cousin told him about the person who had drowned, wrote an article like The Do, a journal of Southern culture and politics. And he related his own family tale of Miss Rena as she became known. In 1950, my mother and her new mother-in-law, my grandmother, made a trip from Montgomery to Clay County to consult Rena Teal. Her pronouncements of that day apparently weren't sensational enough to live on in family lore, except for one thing. My newlywed parents' house at the time on Lewis Street in Montgomery had a back porch which had been converted to a sort of sunroom. It's three exterior walls, entirely windows. You're going to love this next part, Montana. Mama had made a laundry room of it, a lover of flowers. She had had my father build for her around the inside of the spacious, sunny windows, a series of glass shelves for her collection of African violets and other exotic blooming plants. It sounds Rena like Teal. Yeah, I know. It sounds like your home when I walked in. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and it actually is your living room or laundry room. It's like full of plants. Anyway, Rena Teal described the room, the shelves, the plants with minute accuracy, but she added that some catastrophe was in store for them and that they would all be lost save one. That was her bad news. Although, in the grand scheme of things, of bad news is that's not too bad, but it's sad. No. It's definitely sad, but it's not I as bad as it could be considering some of the other predictions she's made yeah it would but it would destroy me i know one day a few weeks later as the washing machine went into the spin cycle and began to shake the porch as it always did my mother in another room suddenly heard a thunderous horrible multi-staged crash and you know that moment where you hear a sound and you know it's bad and worse if you had this prediction you know what's probably about to be in front of you she rushed into the laundry room to find a scene of devastation. Shattered glass, broken pottery, dirt, gravel, plants. In one window, a single, small potted African violet still stood. Incredible. How creepy would that be, though? Yeah. Anytime I've, like, had a plant fall off a shelf or, like, I've, I have dropped plants before. But, like, I can save, <laughs> like, even if you drop a plant and the pot shatters, you can normally save them just pick them up and stick them in a new pot with new soil um but when it's happened and i haven't noticed it uh yeah but you got to think she's got shattered glass everywhere like yeah. how are you going to dig through all of that and make sure everything's cleaned up just, and african violets from what i understand are really finicky plants too well okay i, I haven't had an african violet yet I don't have plants. I kill them. I, I can keep my pothos alive, but they basically don't die. So, Meanwhile, I'm surrounded by like 80. Meanwhile, you're going to give me a couple and we'll see how long they last. <laughs> <laughs> so the next story in Clay County, it became a sort of rite of passage to visit Miss Rena down in Millerville. Former Alabama First Lady Patsy Riley joined her two best friends during their senior year in high school to participate in that rite. She wrote in a 2009 Alabama Heritage article that she was already in love with the future governor, Bob Riley, and was there to hear Miss Rena confirm her choice. No, not Bob Riley. 
So, quote, Mrs. Teal sat by a large window. She told me I would have three children. She told me I would marry a man who was at least two heads taller than I was. She told me red or reddish hair was in my future, either a child or a husband. She told me one day I would own lots and lots of land, and if I sold that land, she said I shouldn't sell the mineral rights to that large amount of land I'd own one day. She also told me I'd be happy no matter where I lived. I did marry a man two heads taller, though that's not hard since I'm only 5'3". Montana feels that. (laughs) She's even taller than I am. Yeah, she's a little taller. One of my grandchildren had reddish hair as a baby. My grandfather was also a redhead. I do own a large amount of land, and our farm is sitting where graphite once was mined. I have four children, now three. However, three are with me in body and soul, and one lives with Jesus. She's with me in spirit and soul. So overall, was pretty true. Question is, could you have kind of gotten out of that what you wanted to get out of that? I mean, reddish hair is... If you're going to be broad enough to say child or husband and then she ends up going to grandchild, somebody's bound to be born with reddish or red hair. So you could still kind of be like, all right, well, yeah, it kind of came true, but also you can kind of get what you want out of that. Yeah. But it is a lot of stuff to be put together and it does all seem to have kind of came to fruition, especially the kids thing. She ended up having four, and then one died. But statistically, all right, let's look at it. Statistically, she's a short bitch. She's probably going to end up with somebody taller. Bam. Two heads taller, though? I mean, Bob Riley was pretty tall. I mean, I ended up with somebody who was two heads taller than me. Yeah, well, we, that was... <laughs> we short but the bitches. And she was already in love with this guy and ended up marrying him. Okay, she just confirmed right. it. The mineral rights thing. Alabama's abundant. It's all over the place. With, yeah, minerals. Uh, that's not me. Okay. But not everybody's going to own a lot of land that has to do with that. My family didn't. Well, they were upper middle class, I'm sure. Not your family. Are you talking about the Riley? Or I guess she wouldn't be Riley. It didn't have her maiden name on there. I don't mm-hmm. know where she was from. Well, she was maybe maybe i don't know that she was upper middle class but the likelihood uh, you know it's possibly statistics and they and they are kind of in that clay county so i think that is a lot of land around that area but it doesn't necessarily mean obviously that's gonna happen but yeah i mean that's what i'm saying a lot of these seer and psychic things it's like mm, eh, you can kind of find what you want out of what they say but she did say a lot of things that are are relatively specific yeah i'll give her that that all together one thing one thing one thing sure but all of them all together ending up kind of coming to fruition part of me is skeptic and can say well you can find that out of anything but if she had given me this that wouldn't have worked for me obviously because i've never been with a husband that's had red hair i've never had any children so that limits that um, never had a large amount of land and definitely never had any kind of mineral lot rights to my land. So none of that fits me. You have had a large amount of land. Five acres is not a large amount of land. It is for this day and age and you just sold it. <laughs> there were no mineral rights. I can promise you that. Um, there was a, 
there was a well. This comes out after. No, yeah, it's fine. Um, but I mean, I'm just saying, and I never had any kids. So yes and no. Like it could definitely be figured out from what she went through. But at the same time, it's not necessarily fitting for everybody. Well, I mean, you so do have to a little bit. I have four and they are stepchildren and none of them have red hair. <laughs> and none of them are technically biologically mine but i love them all and and they are mine regardless but so yeah i mean i guess but i'm just saying like devil's advocate on both sides you can kind of see it but at the same time eh, there's some specific specifics in there specifics yeah Yeah. in any case miss rena died on May 14th, 1964, shortly after her 70th birthday, after a long battle with cancer. Outside of a small, rare volume of her works that was published by a family friend named Amy Anderson called Irene Vandersant Teal, and a few newspaper articles, there really are very few accounts of what Miss Rena and her gifts really brought to the world. I had quite a hard time finding a lot about her. Um, pretty much everything came from the two books that I'll refer- that I've already referenced. Um, and that was Legends and Lore of Birmingham and Central Alabama by Beverly Kreider and Erie, Alabama Chilling Tales from the Heart of Dixie by Alan Brown. I would recommend both of them because they're fascinating. Um, they're, they're a collection of short, quick stories so you can take breaks and, and kind of read them periodically. And it's a lot of fun. Um, when I actually looked for the published work that was mentioned, um, the one done by Amy Anderson, it's only available in two libraries in the state of Alabama, one in Childersburg and one in Sylacauga, and both of those are really far away from me, so it's a little too far away to go to the library to get books and then have to bring them back. Maybe at some point I'll be in the area and I'll drop by the library and see if I can check them out, um, but because I feel like it would probably be pretty interesting because it was a family friend. So she wrote about stuff that she had personally experienced. We can we can see if it's in the one here. That library is massive. It's not. Well, you can check, but no, it's literally only in those two libraries. It's not, you can't purchase it on Amazon. You can't just pur- purchase it through Google. You can't purchase it, like the only places I could find were those two libraries and they were local to the area. Well, you can go to your local library and ask them for it. And when they don't have it, you can tell, you can ask them if they can have it transferred to that library temporarily. We'll see. It's a different County. So I don't know. Um, the count, I know the County libraries work together, but anyway, getting on a sidetrack, but in any case, I think the book would be interesting to read just because there's probably some anecdotes and some gems from like family lore in there that you can't get anywhere else, especially since it wasn't widely publicized. Yeah. But well, anyway, so that's that's all I could find on Miss Rena. And she was she lived quite a life, 70 years old and started helping out people at the age of 12. Well, I don't know if it's helping out people, but making predictions at the age of 12. Well, that was a good job. That was a great story. And um, now we're going to get on to yours, which is what you've been waiting for the whole time. <laughs> it is so I'm ready to get see these freaking pictures. Freaking send me these pictures because you've been <laughs> bragging about them or goof or like telling me how crazy they are. 
<laughs> I can't. So for the listeners, I'm going to let you guys know how we kind of, Samantha wanted to do seers and psychics and things like that. I was like, sure. I read this in I'm the sure book that I'm reading right now. Yeah. I was like, I'm sure I can find something on it. And I started Googling around, um, you know. Y'all, science. five minutes later. Five. Like tops. Five minutes later. <laughs> and I'm just like doing initial like looking on my phone. And I found a person here in North Carolina. And the second I saw his picture, I, I laughed for at least five minutes. Just... And every time I started I thinking just, about, about like, just kept look, just kept looking over at her like, what, what is it? Why? <laughs> I can't tell you. I can't show. I can't show. I can't. I got to send this to council. Really? Really? You're going to send it to him right in front of me. And then she brought it up in front of me to him while he was here. <laughs> and they laughed about it. That is rude. I don't care who you are. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's incredible. All right. So uh, let's, I'm going to. I'm going to tell you today about Gary Spivey and I got, I got information from a lot of different websites. I'll link them in the, in the show notes. Um, I do reference a few in my notes, uh, but I'm not going to go over all of them. Um, but I do want to go ahead and give a heads up on how I tell you about Gary Spivey. I'm going to have like heavy sarcasm and plenty of eye rolls um, at a lot of what I cover, this does not mean that I don't believe in psychics. I do. We can go ahead and get that out of the way. I believe in psychics, but do I believe in this dude? No. And heavy eye rolls and sarcasm <laughs> from you. No, no, I know. <laughs> and with that said, Samantha, I have just emailed you the pictures of this guy and I want to get okay. your live reaction Hmm. Really? Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) What even? That's not even a wig. What is that? (laughs) That's like a sponge that he cut out of his head. Psychic medium healer. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the podcast is tapping in with Gary Spivey if you want to go look it up. <laughs> when the little bitty mustache that he has in one of those pictures just nails it. Like, this. I can't. Like, I. This is the reason why people don't take psychics seriously. This. That's what I mean. <laughs> oh my gosh. I already can't take them seriously. And All like, right. Let's so see how it goes. <laughs> I sent you, like when I sent you the pictures, I sent you. See, this is what happens. I bring a serious topic and somebody who's actually one. And you bring me this. But, okay. All right. <laughs> I mean, he has some merits. Uh, maybe. Okay. But the pictures I sent you. So the first one is like the most recent one. And, like, the last one was, like, the oldest one. So, his, like, his hair has just, like... It's, it, has it grown or has it gotten smaller? I couldn't tell because you sent me three pictures and there was three varying lengths. It's it's grown. It keeps oh. getting bigger. Oh, okay. Like, over the years. All right. 
So kind of yeah. like kind of like Cher's hair. Yeah. So obviously we've got to talk about his hair, right? Um, sure. To, to get you can of- just sit on Amazon for relatively cheap. You just have to buy a really big sponge, cut the size of your head out, put it right on. Yeah. There. The so, color you wish. To give a description to people, and I will link a picture of him in the show notes so people can go and look for those who don't follow our social media. Oh my gosh, please do. <laughs> he, it's about, I want to say probably eight inches. It looks eight inches straight up, but it's, it looks like a helmet. It looks like, so it goes past his ears all the way to like his chin area, but it's very, it looks like an afro. On no, a, it looks like a fucking sponge. Yeah, on a white I use, you know, I don't use that language much, but that's literally what it looks like. It looks like it's a sponge. Some people have described it online as an afro. That was the best thing to come up. But yeah, it does look like a Brillo pad. Um, <laughs> Brillo pad. Ch- well, there's, there's, it's, it's, oh my gosh. Anyway, it's not. It's not. It's not cool like an afro. It's not. It's not to be missed. Yeah, it's, it's it's an experience. It's look at it. It's drastically white. Um, it's just it's incredible. What a you in know, no just, way, shape, or form could that possibly be human hair? Well, here's the thing. So I went down a rabbit hole because of this hair. He says that this is his real hair. He he swears up and down it's his real hair. Okay. And again, just to give listeners an idea of what this hair looks like, I found the perfect quote on Reddit from a user. And it said, quote, looks like the offspring of William Shatner and a cotton ball. <laughs> it does. He does. <laughs> Did you actually listen to any of his stuff? Like, listen so, yes so i oh. i listened i didn't listen to his podcast but i did listen to a few interview or i watched a few interviews with him and like in one interview they they like specifically asked him about his hair and i think he said it's mostly real hair but he does add like material to it and i was like bro nobody's believing that's your real hair but sure um we'll that's go the on. worst come over i've ever seen in my entire life it's not even a comb. It's like a helmet. Yeah, he it's just like, took a sponge. Yeah, it's spray painted it white. I don't really understand, but there's just there's Reddit. It's after a look. It is a look. Reddit, and it's a signature look because nobody else is going to look like that. No, no, no. Can confirm. No. And like through his interviews, he's like, Ooh. I don't want, I don't want to be the attention. I am simply <laughs> trying to spread my. Uh, healing and like my psychic abilities and i was like bro with hair like that uh aliens are gonna fucking see you are you serious that you don't want attention fuck all the way off as your ego grows so does your hair calm down so it's anyway the what you just said reminds me of those tiktokers now when they go live and they had this like viral thing where they're like tiktokers when they go live I'm just waiting for everybody else to join. Oh my gosh, you're so pretty too. Thank you. Like, <laughs> pretending yeah. to do makeup and stuff. That's kind of how I see this guy. Oh yeah, for sure. 
Um, I mean, he seems pretty chill and he seems nice, but he's definitely, he seems, he's, I mean, con artists are, are nice. Um, uh, well, eh, yeah. Anyway. So according to his website, Gary Spivey was born and raised in the small town of Star, North Carolina, and has lived a life that few can imagine. You don't fucking say. That would be my guess. Right from the beginning, Gary realized he wasn't like other kids. If he grew up with hair like that, I believe it. In his book. Of course he has a book. (laughs) I know. Your keys to heaven. Here we go. That's where religion starts to come into it. Um, and I just want to point out, like, did I read it? No, I'm literally quoting from his website right now because just no on buying that. The fact shit. that your first reference is his own website is telling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Gary says that as a child around four years old, he began to demonstrate psychic abilities. Also, around what year? Around four years old. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, keep going. Also, according to his website, Gary Spivey is world renowned for his psychic talent, uncanny ability to predict future catastrophic events. It's no wonder that <laughs> this is me. It's no wonder that people all over the world gave him the nickname the modern day Nostradamus. What? <laughs> Literally every website I went to is like the modern day, not, not, Nostra, whatever. Nostra, uh, you, yeah. you got it the first time it counts. Um, his gift, hang on, I'm not done. His gift to communicate with those who have crossed over to the other side and for his amazing healing energy. Funny because I've never even heard of this dude until I did a Google search in North I've Carolina for a psychic. But sure, Gary, I've, sure. I've heard this name. You have? I know I've heard this name. And honestly, let's be honest. You know my background. My upbringing included some rather radical Christian evangelists. So it's not that surprising. How long has he been doing this? You said, like, basically as soon as he could get a website, probably. Yeah, I want to say he probably started in the 80s, honestly. I, so, I don't know. There's no dates. Not super here. surprising because I know a lot of like Christian evangelists and a lot of those had that whole healing thing going on. So I could see how he could be in the mix. Yeah. I've heard the name. I, I not Obviously, I've never seen a picture because that took me by surprise. But yeah. I, I've heard the name for sure. But it may have been them making fun of him, honestly. I don't know. But I've definitely heard the name. There are people who have done like sk- skits around him and things like that. It's it's pretty funny, but yeah, he's been around for a while. I just didn't know about him, um, obviously, because I'm not like into the um, religious. Uh, yeah, well, I'm not. I I can be a spiritual person, but I'm not into like religion, any type of religion, or like this weird, whatever, whatever this he. is. Whatever yeah. he's involved in. Uh, that's like radical. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So Gary travels six months out of the year to, to places all over the world doing private sessions, live seminars, radio and television shows, casino shows, workshops, and spiritual retreats. When he is not traveling, you can find Gary at his retreat center in Troy, North Carolina, or uh, OJAI, California. Oja? I don't know. Uh, don't correct me. I don't 
care. (laughs) 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 Among his radio appearances, television shows, and all the other bullshit, no man boasting about his own godliness. (laughs) What the fuck (laughs) are we writing this shit? No man boasting about his own godliness is complete without their own. You guessed it. My man Gary's got a podcast. And I put the logo in that email to you. The logo on the banner for the podcast advertisement on barrycrossmanagement.com looks like something a first-time web designer made in the 90s with PowerPoint. Probably is. He probably developed it on PowerPoint and then just copy and pasted. Yeah. Oh, in his podcast, we uh, Samantha said it earlier, is uh, tapping in with Gary Spivey. Uh, this dude, uh, narcissism, news, no bounds. So, okay, you're making an ex- an assumption, but a fair assumption. Keep I'm sorry. Uh, everything is named after him, <laughs> but none of it's about him, Samantha. Uh-huh. Sure. None of it's about him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what are some of the amazing, the amazing things that Gary has actually done? Well, Gary the amazing, let's just call him Gary the amazing. Yeah. My dude, Gary, (laughs) my bro, my homeboy, the most beautiful human being I have ever seen walk the face of the earth. That's a Well, we're going to start with predictions of major events. I'm not going to cover all of them, but there is a three page document uh, I will link in the show notes that cover some of the ma- most of the major events that he has quote unquote predicted. So is this document from his website? Uh, it actually isn't, but I what? think, I think the website will no, Cause here's the thing when he predicts these, we'll get into it. We'll, we'll get into it a okay. little bit. Okay. So our boy Gary claims he predicted the 2004 Madrid train bombings. The, that's a, that's a little minute. Like that's surprising. I expected something else, but okay. Yeah, he also claims uh, the Monica Lewinsky scandal with President Bill Clinton. <laughs> and I just want to say, can we stop calling it that? Monica was taken advantage of in that situation, and the scandal should be President Clinton's. My well, yeah, because he was the one that had a lot to lose in theory, not yeah. her. Well, it's always Let's be honest. Also, anybody who knew anything about Bill Clinton knew that was going to happen at some point. Yeah. Uh, he claimed to know that Janet Jackson's wardrobe malfunction would occur at the Super Bowl. And for those of you who don't know about that, weird if you don't, but okay. That's taken, that's taken me back, but there's some Gen Zers that aren't going to know what you're talking about. Yeah, just to give a brief overview of that, Justin Timberlake forcefully pulled down Janet Jackson's top during a music performance during the Super Bowl. I think it was 2000. Technically it ripped, it ripped off. It was a quote unquote accident, but wardrobe. That's why, where the wardrobe malfunction comes in. Yeah. He, he, he pulled her titty out. Um, anyway, and we're not going to go into it. It was a whole thing. They made a big deal about it. Yeah, it really wasn't. Yeah, but I keep going. They put it on her. They put the onus on her a lot, not not on you know a man pulling some lady's titty out on stage. But okay, uh, let's see. Uh, oh, he also claimed to have predicted the explosion of a TWA flight 
and discovery of ancient life on Mars, among others. I believe he also said he predicted 9-11. I, I was waiting on that one. Honestly. Yeah, I think I think he did. He also does yearly predictions for the radio show he's on. Or I think it might be his podcast or both. I don't I don't remember. So he like starts out the year and he like gives his predictions on what the year's predictions that he has for it. Uh, I was going to listen to some and then I was like, I don't, I don't like, like I tried to look up transcripts for it because I didn't want to hear his stupid voice. Um. <laughs> now I kind of want to just turn it on just to hear what it sounds like, but not to actually listen to it. Yeah, I just, I wanted to know, his, I I didn't want to give, like, I wanted to give you, dear listeners, like, the information on what he predicted for that, but not enough to listen to this guy's stupid meathead say anything. Um, so, so sorry about that. Meathead. Meathead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway. Uh, in 2012, he predicted, this one's by far just fucking wild in 2012 he predicted everyone would be psychic and he would be then be obsolete which since he's still predicting and performing seems to not have panned out so well so maybe he was wrong about that one are you feeling psychic i mean i do predict things in people's lives but it's because i've been through trauma and know where that goes yeah (laughs) no yeah, I don't I don't think it's the same thing. I would it, not claim to predict any kind of major event that's happened in the last I, I if I could predict stuff, it would have been COVID. I would have been way better prepared than I was. So Yeah. No, I'm not about okay. to claim that. He also like he also like in one interview that I saw, he was talking about how he was letting more light into the room because he opened a curtain. No, it was his his powers or whatever. I oh. I don't know. It was really weird. It so did he become a prism? Like I, with hair like that, I don't know I don't it, what is possible. It might be possible. Truly, truly, it might be. Okay. Um. Yeah. It. He's just. I don't know. He seems like a really nice guy. Like I said, he seems like a really nice guy in these interviews. And, like, a lot of people are, like, just on his dick, like, just, yeah, fucking Gary Spivey, he's the man, blah de blah blah But there's something about him that makes me feel so icky. And That was the exact term I would use, icky. Yeah, and there's nothing, like, outwardly wrong with what he's saying. And a lot of, like, the, the, the like, spiritual advice he gives people seems to be pretty okay. I mean, like, I'm not going to listen to somebody who as an atheist i'm not gonna listen to somebody who says trust in god because he's gonna like but that's not what is making me feel icky it makes me feel icky for reasons i can't pinpoint i don't know what it is and i think it's the narcissism it's like the underlying narcissism of this dude and the simple fact that he's like no 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 like i'm all about like you know god and religion and things like that but at the end of the day like he's going on tours and he's like look what i'm doing look what i can predict well, his what hair I've just gets bigger and bigger and like he, he's trying to make a spectacle out of himself oh well he's definitely trying to get attention yeah there's, there's no question about that 
and it just makes me feel ugh, just ugh, something's not quite right oh, anyway you can just look at a picture and know that there's something not quite right about yeah that person. i don't really know but yeah Anyway, on a, another reputable site that also looks like it was slapped together 30 years ago, it tells the story of one of the earliest predictions Gary gave. While hanging out with his father and a family friend on, the fa- on his family's farm at the age of seven, Gary told his father that the family friend needed their help. The family friend who was driving their tractor seemed fine, and his dad was confused. But moments later, the tractor turned over on top of the other man. And I couldn't find anywhere. Yeah, that just happens. Yeah, I couldn't find, like... The tractor just jumped up and landed on the person? Like, what? I don't understand. I think it might have, like, tumped over and then it was, like, on top of him. But here's the thing, like... I found this story in multiple places, but I couldn't find out if the family friend lived or died. (laughs) <laughs> I just like they didn't they just moved on they went on to talk about how like how uh like Gary's dad was like oh, you know what do you how did you find that out blah, blah blah and Gary was like oh well the angels told me but they don't even cover if, if the know, family friend was okay a hundred years ago he would have just been locked up in an, in an asylum probably one of the ones we talked about because uh my dude even if it comes true that's weird an angel told you well and that's what he says about most of his predictions that uh god and god's angels come directly to him and tell him which is like again the most narcissistic thing that you can you can say because like if we're talking about like organized religion or if he's like some sort of prophet or something like that, it's like, that's like what heads of cults say. Yeah. That's, that's what it sounds like. And I've been thinking that the entire time, like it sounds like an awful lot like a cult leader that wanted to be a cult leader, but couldn't actually find a following. So he just found a way to make money otherwise. Truly, truly it, it, it does. And I'm like, maybe that's why I feel so icky. Cause anytime I like, that's why I don't like to listen to podcasts when they talk about cults, because um, it just reminds me of my own experience when I went into religion and it was like very specifically almost cultish enough and it made me feel icky. Like, I just don't. Mm, I think I think if the he danger had- there, well, the danger of cults is putting all of your faith and belief in a person like you can follow religion and it not be about the person who is the leader. It's not supposed to be about the quote unquote leader, pastor, whatever you want to call them. It's supposed to be about the overall message, but often it's about the person who is supposedly leading this group of people and cults just go a step further and isolate their members completely. So it's a step away pretty much. And it gets really icky really quickly when you have somebody like this, in my opinion, as the leader, because that's, that's their goal. They want to pull everybody to them so that it's all about them. Yeah. And and I just, just, there's an ickiness about that. I felt almost immediately. So 
it's not surprising. Yeah, and I truly, I feel like, I feel like this dude could have been a cult leader, but he. I went, feel like he wanted to. He just didn't get there. Yeah, that he hair went a different direction. Do him any favors. I mean, yes. Oh my god, the hair. Anyway, I think George also- Jones was the worst added, like the worst extensions possible to make that bigger. That's basically what it looks like. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I can see that. And there, I have some good comparisons. The most, the most interesting that. extensions I've ever seen. Let's put it that way. And I feel like, so the hairstyle, like, it's not, it's not even that it's bad. Because, like, I mean, it is bad. Like, the hairstyle is just horrendous. But it's the shape of it. And it's like, it almost, uh, truly, it almost feels like cultural appropriation. <laughs> Simply because he's For me, I just feel like, does he go to a landscaper or a hairstylist? Yes. It, it's not even, ugh. I can't. Because it's not real hair. It just doesn't look like real hair. Well, it's, it can't be his hair. It can't be his There's hair. No, po- no, it's not possible. It's not possible. It can't okay. be his hair. I just don't understand. Anyway, he I have also nightmares cl- about this hair. You're welcome. He also <laughs> claimed to have healed a bunch of people, but I couldn't find actual stories of this at all. Like no first accounts or anything like that. Me too. I healed a bunch of people. Me too. I, I don't have their names, but I totally did. Yeah, same. I did find yet another just fast. Uh, fantastically developed website that goes over one time that Gary helped a pro wrestler once. And I'm pretty sure this was like a record, like a sketch recording thing. I didn't actually see the recording. Um, And I don't know anything about wrestling, but the dude he helped was nicknamed Mr. Wonderful. Also known as Paul Orndorf. Orndorf. Yeah. Orndorf. According to the website WrestlingCrap.com, Orndorf left pro wrestling to start his own bowling alley. He returned later, but was struggling with, uh, like, the loss of his fame and shit, I guess. I don't know. Um, so he turned to Gary for guidance. Mr. Wonderful had just had a pretty decent match with Randy Savage, but he came out on the short end of the stick. He began to question his abilities and wondered if he even deserved to be called Mr. Wonderful anymore. Well, you kind of set yourself up for failure when you pick that nickname. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. And I'm going to quote this next part from this person's website because I just... Anyway. Um, Just as Orndorff was at his lowest point, in in walks a guy with an SOS pad on his head. (laughs) viewers at home probably had no idea who this was Orndorff knew who Gary was and was excited I think Uh, I don't know Gary immediately noticed something was wrong with Orndorff on the site it says the man with the chia pet for hair convinced Paul that he is worthy of being called Mr. Wonderful after staring in the mirror for a while and reciting his mantra Orndorff believes in himself again. Spivey departs. Job well done. And then at some point, uh, Mr. Wonderful like kisses himself in the mirror. It's, it's like truly weird. Um, 
or Mr. Orndorff, Orndorff, Mr. Wonderful, whatever. He kisses his own reflection, you know, validation, Got whatever. Uh, okay. Sadly, Gary's vision had little effect on Mr. Wonderful, who retired shortly after Spivey first visited. So that was it didn't a work successful out. visit. I don't feel like it was. I don't know. In 2010, on the Jimmy Kimmel show, Gary was trolled by none other than Jimmy Kimmel himself. (laughs) He was asked to predict the final four picks for the NCAA tournament. Kimmel outlines in his opening remarks, most of these games have already taken place, and some of the teams, such as Balboa and Flanders, don't even exist. Obviously, Gary failed this, but he was certain Flanders would be in the top four, even though the teams aren't real on television. <laughs> so. He knew about it. He was just going along with it. Come on. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, a narcissist can definitely spend anything to make it seem like mm-hmm. they weren't in the wrong. What are you talking about? I, I, <sighs> I think you're mistaken. Yeah, I know. I, I didn't say, say that. And allegedly, like, all of this is alleged. Like, I'm not saying, like, this person is a narcissist. I'm saying he sounds like a narcissist, not that he actually is, so. Or not that most of the people that are in these types of situations are. We're we're not saying that. Yeah. No, definitely not. Like, these are just, like, observations that might or probably might or might not be true. We don't know. Um, Just just might want to show a glaring, glaring difference between my story and yours right now. But yeah. Uh, don't sue us. Um, from what we I don't f- have any money, it would just be a waste of your time yeah, and money. It, it wouldn't be worth it. Um, I got nothing. We just established I have four stepkids and we just bought a house. So good luck. <laughs> yeah. From what I found, Gary still performs all over. And of course he has a podcast. He is also active on social medias, which, yes, I went and followed him on Instagram. <laughs> so okay, that's a little surprising you followed him on Instagram, but okay. Well, I wanted to see, like, what kind of activity he had. And I was like, fuck it. Like, anytime I do this, I just go ahead and follow these people. And then later I, like, unfollow them because I'm like, why did I follow this bullshit? Um, so I decided to give you a review I found on him. And I say a review because I couldn't find any other ones. He doesn't get enough viewers or listeners on his YouTube or podcast to get a good pool of reviews. Like, we have more reviews on our podcast than he does. Wow. (laughs) And I don't know why. Like, he puts out a decent amount of YouTube videos, but he doesn't have a lot of commenters or a lot of likes. And I don't know if it's because he's, like, uh, monitoring his comment section or maybe everybody's like you and they're just watching and not actually interacting whatsoever with it. I interact with those that I follow on YouTube. That's with the it. ones you follow, but you just searched them. So you looked at it. That's a view. Did you comment or like the video or oh, oh, not no. unlike or dislike, whatever? No, no, no. Um, okay. I, so I feel like that's what most people are doing. They'll look it up and they're like, okay, this guy's. Yeah. Uh, this guy's a tool. No, no. He's a, he's a bit much. And I truly, and I cannot express this enough. Truly. I don't care what this guy does. <laughs> 
just, I don't. Anyways, so for our review, to finish all of this off, I'm going to okay. give you a sincere review. One of the only ones I have found on this person, and it was a review on uh, goldstar.com. And it was because it was for his show, I think it was in Las Vegas. Anyways, it was a three star review by Shelly Gallup. And they state, it was all right. I didn't feel like he was, <laughs> I didn't feel like he was very believable. I do not doubt that he has psychic abilities, but I don't think that he is able to get a read on every person that he encounters. So it felt like he was BSing most of the people. You don't say. It was all right. <laughs> she probably could have just left. They probably could have just left it as it was all right. Yeah. So that's 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 all I could find on Gary. Basically, Spivey. that review was meh. <laughs> Here's a pity three stars. A pity. Also, pool. by the way, if you're one of those that has a meh review for our podcast, that's okay. It's okay if our podcast isn't for you. I'm I'm sure there are other ones that are better off. That that's that doesn't hurt our feelings. Just don't leave a meh review, please. Just move on. Yeah, just move on. I would Wait. appreciate it. Just, just a caveat. Meh, meh. Your review is meh. meh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't stop saying it now. So, what do you think? I think he's full of shit. <laughs> um, you don't. Say. I think he's the reason. I think he is the the one of the reasons why genuine people who are I, I don't like the word psychic because I feel like it's got a negative connotation, but people that have an extra sense of what's going on and can maybe tell some pieces of the future maybe they get glimpses whatever there are people that genuinely can do that and this is not one of them and it's somebody who's trying to make money off of people that want to believe that and it gives people that actually can a bad name yeah i i agree i, I think this is a person completely full of himself and found a niche and makes decent enough money to keep it going and now he has made a image question mark of himself. It's, a, um, it's an image. It's not a it's good it, one, it, but it's an it, image. <laughs> Nobody else has that image. <laughs> it reminds me of like the people on TikTok and on like YouTube and things like that that do rage farming. So they're like putting out videos that they don't truly believe in or things like that about things that are controversial and they only do it views or whatever. Yeah. And so I feel like he has that hair and, you know, just this way about him because he's wanting that attention. I mean, narcissistic behavior. It's these. Give yeah. me a like, give me that view. Give me whatever I can get that makes me feel like I'm still relevant and valid. Yeah, it just, all of it's icky. I don't like it. And I truly do believe in psychics. And I believe that there are some pretty great ones out there. But they don't need to fake their hair. I mean, we literally attention. picked polar opposites for stories. Because, like, the one that I spoke about was, a, no offense to him, he might have some abilities, but she was a genuine psychic. She was genuine and not just the fact that she actually had the capability, but she was a genuine person and she was doing it for the betterment of other people. She didn't advertise. The only way people knew about her was word of mouth. And 
she finally started charging money and they're like, Hey, you need a business license. We need some of that money. So like, it's, it's like polar opposites. Yeah. <laughs> Two different people that claim the same thing. Yeah, truly. Yeah. I'm so glad we did it this way too. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize that until you're about halfway through years. I was like, Holy cow. We went like literal opposite sides of sides of the equation. Um, but it worked out because I had another one that would have been kind of more middle of the road, but this, this worked out better. Yeah. This is what happens. We have a theme and then we just go with it and she goes extreme one way and I go extreme the other. And if that doesn't explain how our friendship works, I don't know what does. <laughs> Cheers <laughs> to that. <laughs> All right. Well, mm. we've almost, we've almost finished them. <laughs> I know this, this episode actually ended up being a little bit longer than I thought it was going to be. Um, a lot going on. There was a lot. I I knew we would have some. Uh, some it's gotten dark in the room because I, I couldn't turn on the light because your fan is loud as I'll get out. So you can't see me, but that's fine. And it's probably hot in there too. I'm so sorry. It is. It's fine. <laughs> At least I'm not in the basement. Oh, <laughs> well, it's, it's cooler down there. Um, yeah, but it's the basement. Well, no furnishings not really well you got a couch down there i've recorded down there twice it's terrible um <laughs> samantha where can our listeners find us on the social medias uh you can find us at reaper tales podcast on facebook and instagram what about email you can email us at reapergales at reapertales.com thursday email night specifically thursday night specifically uh i eat tonight I eat tonight. Yep. That's right. That's for you. You know, email us your show suggestions. We've had some people recently like send in their own firsthand accounts through like email and, um, was it Instagram? It was Instagram. Yeah. 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 That's, it's, I, I appreciate it. I, it, it makes me feel like what we're doing is worthwhile. I mean, we did get a message on Instagram about somebody that, reference one of the cases that we've covered um specifically the the southwest molester which i even commented during the podcast i was surprised it hadn't been covered and that person also said the same thing they it was a big case but it wasn't covered so they appreciate it so please by all means tell us tell us what's going on and if you appreciate a case that you're aware of but you don't ever hear about because it's important yeah, or you have firsthand knowledge of it. Like we want to hear it for sure. Um, or if you have, if you have recommendations too, like for any random thing that might come up, if we can get enough information, we'll we'll talk about it. Or we'll try to, and mostly, uh, if it, especially if it's around these areas, the southeast. Um, mm -hmm. Be sure to like, rate, review, and subscribe on all the things. When you do go to like our podcast, because how could you not? Be sure to leave a actual review Crisis. with words. Shut <laughs> 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 uh, Neither one of us are. We're too so <laughs> we're too hard on ourselves for that to ever happen. That's true. Um. When you leave a worded review on the podcast, it just helps boost it so other people can like it. And if you like it, don't gatekeep, you know, let other people, let other people know about us. That way we yeah. can do this longer 
because I do have to stroke my ego. I may not be a narcissist, but I do need a little bit of an ego boost every now and again. Um, Yeah. And my, you know, when I compliment her, it just doesn't work for her anymore. It's been too long. It doesn't count. So I need you guys' help. That's true. That's all I'm saying. Anyways, um, it's been a a great week um, having my bestie here and all of your bestie now. Um, And until next time, love you, mean it, bye. The 